Welcome to week one of our new series we're starting called The Blessed Life. Grab your message notes that you receive in your worship guide when you came in today. And uh, we're, I love that video because I, I think there's a lot of misteaching about the word blessing. I, I, I think it's kind of been hijacked, honestly, about what you know, blessing is. Oh, I'm going to get a new car today and it's going to get all my debt gone. If you sow this little seed, you know, it's like there's just a lot of... A lot of misunderstanding about what blessing is all about. So we really want to take this series and talk about it. Talk about what it means to live a blessed life, what it means to give. And I, we're, we're calling this series The Blessed Life, really after a book by a pastor that um, has really blessed my life, Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas. It's a, I read this book, it was actually an older copy, this is a new shiny revised copy, but... I read an old copy of this book probably about eight years ago, and it totally changed the way I thought about generosity and what, what I was called to do, what our family were, were called to do. And honestly, I don't think we would have planned this church if it wasn't for the, what God dealt with, dealt with me through this message and how he teaches such a balanced message about what God's word says about giving. So um, I, this is Pastor Robert Morris, The Blessed Life, a great book. Because of your generosity as a church, you are such a generous church, we have, we have bought a copy for every family that's here today. So you chose a good Sunday to come to church. You get a free book as you leave, all right? So so as you leave today, yeah, yeah, as you leave today, um, as you leave today, you can grab a free book. And if, if we run out, we, we have a lot of people here today, which is awesome. Thank you guys so much for making room. And uh, we're so glad that you're here today, really. We're so glad. And first service was packed. And today, it's just, just awesome. So if we run out of books, come back next week and, and you can get it. But thanks so much for being here and for, um, I, I really want to help us live the blessed life. And, and, and honestly, we're starting, as you saw in the video, we, on March 26th, we're having our first ever Heart for the Kingdom offering, and this is going to be given toward really focusing on the next generation, trying to get another space for kids and expand this auditorium and lobby and also save for whatever God has next for the church. And, uh, and I, I really wanted to do this. I don't want to just have that offering and just uh, because I think there's a lot of misteaching that people say, well, you give to get, like it's a prosperity. I don't believe in a prosperity gospel. I, I don't believe that, that, that God is wanting his people to get a revelation of getting, you know, like, oh, thank, oh, I'm so glad. You know, my people have a revelation of getting. No, God wants us to have a revelation of giving. My kids were born with the revelation of getting. The other day, my four-year-old asked me, he said, uh, he said, Dad, can I have a candy bar? So I went and got him a candy bar, and then he's eating it. It looked really good. I said, hey, can I have a piece back? And little, little, little booger puts it's like the smallest little bitty piece and gives it to me. I'm like, come on, you know. Come on. I gave that to you, you know. And do, I mean, we are natural getters. We are, we are born getters, and I believe God wants to make us born-again givers. <laughs> and that's what this is all about, being a born-again giver. And, and in this Heart for the Kingdom, I want to make it so clear about what God's Word says about generosity and giving, and it's not give to get. We're not going to twist your arm emotionally. We want to be very upfront and say, we're going to see what the Word of God says about being a giver and living a blessed life. Do you want to live a blessed life? Amen. Awesome. Well, let's turn in the scripture. First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six. I'm going to kind of walk through two passages of scripture today. Once this first passage is going to kind of be a passage we'll continue to come back to, and then the other we're just going to really walk through it verse by verse. What God's word says about living the blessed life in the book of First Timothy, we're really getting a picture of uh, an incredible relationship in the Bible. 
between a man named the Apostle Paul and, um, and, and, and his son in the gospel, his like a little brother in the gospel, Timothy. I don't know if you've ever like given someone uh, marriage advice or helped them with you know, a job advice or situation or they're going to college and you're kind of giving them advice about what you've learned along the way. Well, that's kind of what Paul's doing. Paul's giving some, some words to his son in the gospel about how to have a blessed life and also how to be a pastor, how to, how to lead people uh, in the church about what it means to live a life of blessed. And, and, and the favor of God. So we're going to get a picture of what Paul's saying about how to live a blessed life. First Timothy chapter 6 says, command. Why don't you say that word with me? Command. command. It doesn't just say suggest. It doesn't just say just let them, you know, just let them, let them decide. No, he says command. Tell them, tell those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put your hope in wealth. And it, a lot of people said, it's a good thing I'm not rich, right? <laughs> To get the, he's talking to somebody else. But the reality is just the fact that we live in America, people. I mean, that video we just watched, we are rich. We are a rich people. We are a rich nation. So I think he may have something to say to us about this. Don't put your hope in wealth. He said, which is so uncertain. But, put, but to put their hope in God, who does what? Richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I love this about that scripture. Is he's not saying um, you shouldn't have anything. You know, some people. I don't. I don't believe in just it's 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 all this prosperity. You know, it's only a prosperity gospel. But I'll say this too: it's not a poverty gospel either. God's not interested in us not ha- like God does not get any glory from you not being able to pay your bills. God does not get any glory for your marriage being busted and you for you. You know, God does not get any glory out of it. He wants to bless his people, but he's so clear he doesn't. Want want our stuff to have us he wants to have us to have stuff but that we can enjoy I love that about the heart of God he wants us to enjoy what we have but but make sure that what we have does not have us and and he goes he goes on to say he says command them to do what to do good I love this part to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share essentially he's saying guys don't think about what your net worth is financially necessarily today he says, I want you to think, what, what is your net worth in good deeds? Like, are you broke as a joke in good deeds? <laughs> are you middle class in good deeds? Are you wealthy in good deeds? Paul's saying, guys, that's what matters most. That's the net worth that matters more than anything else. He says, in this way, it gives us two things that will happen if we do good and are rich in good deeds. He says, in this way, you will lay up tre- they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. This doesn't mean that our giving or our life of giving saves us in any, in any way like that. No, our salvation is not what we've done. It's what Jesus has done. Amen? We're not going to ever get to heaven and say, well, God, I paid this much and you're going to get me. No, you're, you're going to look at all, you know, he paid a debt that I owed, but, but I owe a debt I could never pay. It's what Jesus Christ has done for me. But... Somehow through our life of stewardship, through our life of generosity, our giving our time, giving our talents, giving our treasure, there's a reward system. There's some kind of reward that God has promised that we will live. He goes on to say, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. A lot of people are living life today that's not truly life. It's not real life. Just going about, going through the motions. And God says, no, no, no. you got to get a hold of something. It's not, 
bless me, bless me, bless me. No, 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 no. It's, God, what are you, like, what is the blessed life? What are you blessing? Help me to get involved in it so that I can live a life that's truly life. I saw a quote this week by a man named John Bunyan. It says, you have not lived today until you've done something for someone who cannot repay you. Generosity. This is the center of the Bible. As a matter of fact, if we just did things based on um, you know, just times that they appear in the Bible, we'd be doing series like this all the time. Because uh, in the Bible, I just want to give you a little bit of perspective. The word believe is in the Bible 272 times. So that's a pretty important concept. You know, believe, it's incredible, 272 times. But the word pray is in the Bible 371 times. The word love is in the Bible 714 times. But the word give is in the Bible 2,161 times. I like to say that the word give is the verb of the Bible. The subject is God. The object is us, and the verb is give. That God has given to us, that that's the heart of what this is all about. And that's what God wants to do in our life. If I could just kind of sum it up really quick, what, 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 what it means to be a disciple, what it means to follow Jesus. God wants to take us from being a getter to a giver. God wants to take us to, from a place where we're all about getting to a place where we're all about giving because we're never more like God than when we give. Never more like God than when we give. Psalm chapter 37, look at it with me. It's there in your notes. It says, the wicked borrow and never repay. Those are wicked people. Ever had anybody borrow something, never give it back? He says, but the godly are generous givers. So godliness and generosity are so tied together that, that it's part of what it means to follow God. And I want this for us. I want this for us as a people. I believe God wants this for us. I believe it could cha- it changes everything about who we are. Because here's what I want to title the message today. Simply this, that it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And we're about to read where Paul wrote to a church in the city of Corinth about really a time, honestly, it was like a special offering they were having. They were having a special time of giving, and he, he really instructs them. And as I, was, as I was studying this week and preparing, I, I'd honestly prepared something completely different, and I just could not, yesterday, we had, to, we had everything printed and ready to go, and I just could not get it off of my mind, this passage of Scripture, because I really feel like it's just a reality of where we are as a church, and it's the same place as where they were as a church, because the, the writings of the Apostle Paul were literally written to churches, like he wrote to the church that was in a town called Corinth, so the, like the book of Ephesians was written to the town of Ephesus and a church that was there. So we're gonna look at what Paul says and the heart of it all is this, that it's all about the heart. That God, the thing that he is wanting from us is, is, has nothing to do with all the trappings, all the things. It has everything to do with our heart. That's what matters most to him. So let's, let's read it together. I just want to walk verse by verse through this passage and then I'm gonna bring some principles out of it at the end. 2 Corinthians 8, verses one. It says, now brothers... We want you to know about the grace. The word grace there is, is literally the word charis. It's not like amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It, it's, it's literally the word gift or charis. When, when you hear people say charismatic, or char, that means a gift. There is a gift 
and, and, and this is exercise. So you say it's an internal motivation. There's something. It's a charis. There's a gift on the inside of these people. And I want to tell you about it. God gave it to the Macedonian churches. So he's kind of stirring up um, the, the, the Corinthian church about this other church in Macedonia. I love it. He's kind of like poking them uh, and talking to them. Like, that other church, listen to what they're doing. You know? So listen to what he says. He says, out of their most severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty. Time out. Only with God can the words overflowing joy and extreme poverty be in the same sentence. It says, but that welled up in what? Rich generosity. I love the, the verbiage that Paul's using. It says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. This church at Macedonia they weren't wealthy. They didn't have a lot of things to offer. But, but they gave what they had. And you know what? They even gave beyond their ability. Paul was amazed by what they were doing. And watch what he says. He says, he, he says entirely on their own. I love that. So he's like, I wasn't manipulating them. They did this completely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us, watch this, for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. So Paul is like, guys, just you know, hold off. You don't need to give that much. And they're like, no, please. We want to be a part of giving. We want to be a part of giving to, to this need. We want to be a part of making a difference. And it goes on to say, and they did not do as what we expected. But watch this next part. But they gave what? Themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. What was Paul saying? He was saying, guys, the most important part of what they were doing, watch this, they gave themselves. What is God interested? God's not interested in our money. Here's the big shocker of the day. And the main point I wanna make is that God does not bless giving. God blesses giving with the right heart. God blesses giving with the right heart. God blesses us when we say, God, from my heart, and watch what they said. They said, we, they first, they gave themselves to God. Like their whole life was, God, you, like you could have every aspect of me. Like I'm not holding one thing back. I gave, they gave them their whole hearts to God. And then, I love it, and then they gave it to us. In other words, they, they, they gave their lives to God first and then to the church and then to the need and then they gave their money then they made a difference here guys I want to say this don't ever confuse your work for God with your walk with God don't ever think just because you come to church just because you put a, put money in the offering or because you serve or because you do don't God's not interested in that act alone he's interested in your heart he wants to know well are you giving yourself to me or are you just giving me stuff because the thing that I'm interested in is you. And, and I love that, what he's saying. He said, they first gave themselves to God. So they're like, God, you can have all of me. You, my wallet, yes. My time, yes. My ability, you know, I have this talent in this area. You can have it. I got this car that you provided. It's yours. My house, use it for something that, that'll bring glory to the kingdom of God. I think about the people that open up their homes all across the city week after week for small groups. And, 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 and one of the small groups we go to, that, that this... This uh, person that, that, that hosted, this couple that hosted, I mean, it's such a beautiful home. They, 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 they take so, such, care for, such care of it. And we were talking the other night. They said, it's so awesome. I'm so passionate about decorating in my house and all these things. Says, I, 
I, I really feel like that the reason I'm that is so that, I, so that we can host people to come and, and be touched by God. In other words, what were they saying? Every part of my life, like whatever I have, God, it's yours. I'm giving myself to you. That's the most important thing. That's what he's saying. He's saying, and, 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 and reading on. He says, so we urge Titus, since he, had, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. I love this. It's like, you know, he's like saying essentially Titus is going to come get the offering. You know, just like reality. Like, okay, so a couple weeks, Titus is coming. He's going to get the offering. He says, but just as you excel in everything, he's going to encourage them a little bit. You excel in faith. You excel in speech. You excel in knowledge. You excel in complete earnestness with all your love for us. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. This internal motivation of giving. Like this giving is not from you. It's a gift that you're, like it's a gift from God. See that you are excelling in this. And watch what he says next. He says, I'm not commanding you. Is that not awesome? I'm not manipulating you. I'm not trying to get you to give. I'm not trying to, he says, no, no, no. I'm not commanding you. But I want you to, to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. And then he starts telling why we give. This is so beautiful. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was what? Rich. Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. Isn't that beautiful language? He's not saying, oh, through what Jesus did, it's just about wealth and prosperity. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, and you, 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 can, you, can have a, you can have a mansion on the hill and be poor as, as someone living on the street. The riches is the riches of our soul or the riches of our life following after God and the blessing of God in our life. And that's why Jesus came. In other words, when you think about giving, think about the one who gave. That's the most important part. He says, and here's my advice about what is best for you to do in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, I love that, the willingness. If the willingness is there, then the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. So I want to talk about five attitudes of the heart that I believe God's wanting to make inside of us that I just picked up from this simple passage, so beautiful about this church that he's encouraging to say, guys, give your whole life to God. Here's the first thing I want you to develop. I pray that we develop together. Number one, a joyful heart, a joyful heart of giving. In other words, I want you to enjoy what you're doing. This is what I get out of this passage. I can just imagine Paul writing this like with a smile. Like, you won't even believe. Like, we told them that they shouldn't even get, but they said they were going to give anyway, and they were out of their poverty. It welled up. I mean, you can just see the word picture of what he's saying. He's like, there was something just spectacular about what God was doing. Guys, I want to tell you, when we allow God to allow our hearts to be generous, there is a joy that nothing else can ever compete with. It's unbelievable. Yesterday, we were here at church, and we had a prayer. We had prayer. We do at 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. if you're available 
We do prayer here on Saturday mornings. We just pray for the service. We pray for needs. And we left prayer. And right as we left prayer, there were people here putting together the worship gods that you have that are right there in your hands. And they were, you know, putting all the stuff together and all those things. And they were talking about, you know, you guys, you know, not bad. But they were, you know, praying about, you know, people that would come through the doors. And God, you know, bless the people that are going to hold. You know, they, they, they really take it seriously. And they're enjoying, they're laughing, they're talking about life. They're just having a blast. And right about then, I took a picture of them. I was so proud of them. It was awesome. It was a big group of people doing it. And then right about that time, I, I saw a notification on my phone. And it was a sisterhood group from here that was down serving the homeless downtown yesterday and they were just having a blast. I mean, there were like pictures of them in a bus and you know, I think I brought some pictures of them. Like they were just having a blast being generous. It was a sisterhood and Bob, the sisters and Bob. So Bob was in the first service. So, so Bob was holding it down for us guys, everybody. Bob was there, but, but, but I, I got these, you know, I got these pictures and text messages. We had such a good time. It was awesome. I'm made for this. Like, I love this. This is so awesome. And what is it? They were discovering something that when you live your life with generosity on a Saturday morning when you could be doing anything that you wanted to do, and they say, no, we want to serve the homeless. We want to organize clothes for them. We want to make detergent. We want to do whatever we can do for people in need. There's a joy that only generosity can produce in our lives. That's why Jesus says, it is more blessed. The word blessed is the word makurios, which literally means happy. Like, it is happier to give than it is to receive. You know, some of the most depressed people in this world are stingy people. But some of the happiest people on planet Earth are the people that are involved in doing whatever it is in front of them to be generous, to serve the Lord. I want to challenge you. Allow God to develop a joyful heart in you. Second Corinthians 9, this is that same passage that Paul's writing. He said, each man, should, each man should give what he has decided to give in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? Cheerful. I love it. God loves a what? Cheerful. The word there for cheerful, I love this, is hilarious in the Greece. In the Greek, in the Greece. I don't think Greece is a language. <laughs> mm, no, sorry. <laughs> But uh, in, in the Greek, it means hilarious. In other words, God loves a hilarious giver. God loves someone who knows how to give with a smile on their face. God loves someone that just says, yes, like I want to do this. I'm not just doing this because, oh, I have to, and they've been bugging me, and everybody's, no, 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 no. I, I get to do this. Like this is awesome. I live for this. I live to give. That's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing. I, I read an article in the, in the um, Wall Street Journal. I'm, I'm sorry, the Washington Post. And uh, it, was, it was called Wired to Give. And uh, it was essentially saying it doesn't make sense why people are generous. Because if you follow Darwin's teaching, they were saying if you just kind of follow that, they say that survival of the fittest should say that you know, everybody kind of fends for themselves. And why would you be generous? But they said there's kind of a, um, there, there's this thing in the, in the human body that's kind of confounding some of the scientists that when you do something good, when you're generous, that there's something in the human brain where dopamine is released. It's like pleasure is released whenever you do that act of generosity, you know? And I think that's what God put in our lives, like God created us that way so that when we did that thing, when we, when we bless our neighbor, boom, 
When, we, when we're driving down the road and everybody else just, you know, just is going about their world, but we pass the widow's house and we notice the, the, the yard's overgrown, you know? That, that, there's something that goes off in us that says somebody needs to do something about that. And, and, and we, we look at the needs in our world. We look at the people in our world. We, we look at the opportunities in front of us and we say, I want to do something about that. And when we do... God made it so our bodies even love it whenever it happens. It's awesome. Here's the second thing I want us to develop, a selfless heart. A selfless heart. It's not about me. A selfless heart. We are naturally selfish, as I was saying earlier. God wants to make us selfless. He wants to take us from being a natural born getter to being a born again giver. 2 Corinthians 8, 5, the same passage, he says... And they did not do as what we expected, but they did what? They gave themselves first to the Lord. Think about what God did. Whenever he gave to us, he didn't stroke a check. When he wanted to bless the world, he didn't say, here you go. No. For God so loved the world that he gave of himself. Like he gave himself and that's what God is wanting us to do that that we would give like everything that's in me God like it's yours you can have it I, I will give it completely to you. I got thinking in my life all the reasons all the people who gave of themselves to make to, to allow me to be the person that I am today. I thought about my grandparents. I thought about my parents thought about my Sunday school teachers. I was a wild Sunday school kid. I was a church kid. You know, we used to tie uh, ladies' shoelaces together and, and guys' shoelaces together in the middle of service. So whenever people would stand up, I grew up in a church where you shouted, you know, and you shouted out. Man, they'd get up to shout and just fall out in the spirit, you know, because they were, their shoes were tied together from some crazy kid, you know. And we would race up and down the... I mean, I was, I was a church kid, absolutely. And, and, and I think about, man, those sun, there was a Sunday school teacher there that, that put up with the... With the with with a wiggling four-year-old and told me about Jesus and put it on the flannel graph and, and someone sacrificed for me and, and I thought I don't appreciate that enough and somebody somebody gave so that there could be electricity in that church that I grew up in and so somebody I mean I didn't think somebody somebody paid for the pew that I sit in as a child you know somebody somebody did that think about everything in your life you you're enjoying it because of the sacrifice of someone else Think about it. There's people here that, 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 that are watching children in this room, in these rooms next to us, and man, they, they take it seriously, and I, they pray about it. They meet about it. They're preparing a special thing on a Friday night so that parents could come and learn together with their kids. And what, what are they they're, they have other things that they could be doing, I promise you, on a Friday night. But what is it? They're wanting to give themselves to God. Like it's not, my life is not about me. It's selfless living. Think about the blessing of others that have sacrificed in our lives. Think of how different the world would be if Noah said, I don't do boats. <laughs> or if David said, I don't do giants. Or if Mary said, don't mess with me, I don't want a virgin birth. Or if the Apostle Paul said, I don't do letters. If Michelangelo said, I do walls but not ceilings. <laughs> And think about if Jesus said, I don't do crosses. Everything in our life, we are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. And we have the opportunity to be like God 
and give our lives to bless other people, I promise it's the blessed life. It's the blessed life. Here's the third heart I want us to challenge us to develop, a willing heart. So we have a joyful heart, a selfless heart. Number three, a willing heart. Paul writes that same passage, verse 12, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. I love that. In other words, give because you want to. If you don't want to give, do not give because if you're not giving with the right heart, God says it's not even accepted. Like I'm interested in your heart, not what you give. I want you to give of yourself to God like everything, everything or nothing. That's what God is asking from us today. I, 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 get, um, I get the question a lot as a pastor, you know, do you believe in tithing? You know, do, is, is tithing an Old Testament law or is it New Testament? I, I just make it clear today. Tithing is an Old Testament law that we're not under today. We are under grace. And, uh, and you're not going to heaven or hell because if you tithe or don't tithe. But here's, but here's what I want to say as well whenever I talk to people about that, 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 that don't kill is in the Bible as well in the Old Testament. Also, don't commit adultery is in the Bible in the Old Testament. And, 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 and I'm not, with my wife, I'm not saying, well, I would commit adultery. I'm getting, you know, I, I, do, you know I, I, I wouldn't be faithful to you, but I got this law over here. You know, I kind of have to do this thing. No, what, what is it, our relationship? It's a relationship of love. And what you'll find that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. He actually raised the bar, honestly. He said, hey, it's, it's, it's everything now. <laughs> like it's your whole life. So the, the tithe is, is not so much about the Old Testament principle. Is, do, I believe it's an Old Test, do I believe it's a principle for life and living? Yes, I believe Jesus affirmed it. I believe it's predated the law in the Bible. But, but, but here's the thing. If we, God's interested in our hearts, that's what he wants. Like, he wants us to develop a willing heart to say, okay, God, like, like, you can have my life. You can have my heart. I'm not trying to rope you into just another religion. Guys, this, we can, if we don't watch it, we can fall in love with the religion and not fall in love with the God that we come to worship. We can fall in love with the rules and we can fall in love with, we can essentially create another Old Testament that we just live all these rules out and we forget the God of the, we forget the God of it all. And God says, I want to be in relationship with you. That's what I'm interested in. If you want to tithe, absolutely take the principle. But I don't want you to do it because you have to. I want you to do it because you want to. And if you want to give to heart for the kingdom, great. But do it because you want to. Do it because it's the least you could do. Do it because it's all that you have in your heart you want to. Because number four, I want to challenge us to develop a thankful heart. A thankful heart thankful heart the reason whenever we give here in a few minutes we do it in the middle of a a song and worship and what we do we end every service the same way we have an opportunity for if anyone wants prayer for any area of your life it could just be something that has nothing to do with this message today or just maybe something you're heavy-hearted in your family or your life we have people that would love to pray with you we don't want you to leave without having somebody pray with you we would love to stand with you while we sing and worship but we we give during a time of worship because because we believe that giving is worship. We really do. You know, I, whenever I pay L, my LCUB bill, um, I, I, I've, I've, never, I've never just, thank you so much, you know, for providing this for me. Uh, you know, thank you, LCUB. You've been there every time for me. 
you know, when I log in and you know, I pay it online, and you're just like, okay, and I'll do it. <laughs> How many times do we do that with God? You know, it's like, see, it's not, it's, not, it's not we're paying God off when we give our time, when we give our finances, when we give. What, God, what is God saying? He says, saying simply like, this is, I want this to be from worship. That's why we do it in worship, because we want you, when you give, we want you to do it like you're just, you're giving your best to worship your God. Because he's been so faithful to you. In Exodus chapter 12, I didn't put it in your notes, but uh, there's this conversation that Moses has with the people. He says, hey, we're about to institute these Passovers and these different, um, these different, like, r- um, r- different rites and rituals that we're going to have that we're going to do year after year. He says, and your kids, when they ask you what this whole thing is about, he says, I want you to tell them that you were a slave in Egypt. I want you to tell them that you used to work in the mud pit and you... We're, we're told when to go to bed and told when to wake up and you were whipped. And I want you to actually take off your shirt and your robe and I want you to show the, the scars that are on your back from the taskmasters where they would whip you. I want you to tell your kids that you were a slave but your almighty God rescued you. He, he delivered you from the Pharaoh and he allowed you to cross over the Red Sea on dry land. He, he's fed us with manna and he's brought us to the promised land, to a good place. And I want you to look at them and this is what the Bible says, you tell them it's the least we can do. Guys, let's never forget what God's brought us from. Let's never forget what God's done in our lives. Let's never forget to look at our kids square in the face and say, you know why mom gives and dad gives? You know why we come and serve? You know why we do this? We don't do this out of obligation. We do this out of thankfulness. You don't know where God brought me from. I know you look at my life and you see all what God's doing in me, but you don't know the pit that he brought me from. I used to work in a mud pit. I was under the slave of sin. I was worried about the approval of everybody else. But you know what? God rescued me and God saved me and God changed me. He redeemed me. And it's the least we can do is give our lives back to him. Give everything that we have. Psalm 116 says, verse 12 says, How can I repay the Lord for his goodness to me? That's a rhetorical question because the answer is you can't. 1 Chronicles 29, 14 says, Because everything comes from you. And we have given only what comes from your hand. Think about that. What God, what we give to God, it came from God. My kids do that for me. Daddy, I got you this. You didn't get this for me. I gave this to you. I've been looking for it for weeks. <laughs> How many times do we give back to God and we're like, oh God, it's so hard to give. And God's like, I gave this to you. Did you forget where it came from? I'm only giving, like, don't ever forget where it came from. Don't ever forget, like when you come in here, don't ever come in here and say, well, I'm going to sit through another service and check off a... uh, No, that's why we have worship where we're lifting up. Why? Because we are never going to get over what God has done in our lives. I don't want to ever get over it. Here's the fifth thing, an intentional heart. An intentional heart. I love this. He says, you must make up your own mind. And this is where, honestly, I've seen things get off the rails when it comes to giving. Where people try to manipulate people to give. whether Give time, give money, give whatever. God's, that's, that's not what God's interested in. 
He says, I want you to become an intentional giver of your life. Like, make up your own mind. Get together with your family and have a family meeting and say, how can we intentionally give our life to God? Seriously. What percentage are we going to give back to God this year? What aspect of our life? What, how are we, like, whatever that means for you. But be an intentional giver. Don't give because me or anybody else gets up here and tries to emotionally twist your arm. I don't ever want to do that. But don't, that's not what God's interested in. He's interested in you making a decision to say, hey, I'm going to be intentional about my time. How much of your time are you going to give back to God? How much of your talent? Some of you have some, I mean, God doesn't make junk. There's seeds of greatness in every single person in this room. I mean, you, you have the fingerprint of Almighty God. So that means you're a 10 in, in an area or areas. Where are you giving that 10 to? God says, give it to me. How are you giving that talent back to him? Be intentional. Make up your own mind. And do it for eternity. Do it for eternity. It's not in your notes, I don't believe, but it, 1 Timothy 6.19 says, By doing this, you'll be storing up real treasure for yourself in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. Um, I love that. Safe investment. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. I feel like we'd be amiss without this last idea. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So here's the reality, that God doesn't want to just give to you. God wants to know if he can give through you. That's the point. God wants to bless you, as long as you'll be a blessing. Can God give through you is the question of the day. Can you be a conduit to say, okay, God, whatever you put in my hands, like, I'm going to treat it like it's yours. It's like Monopoly. It's all going to go back in the box whenever I'm done with it. I want to use what I have. Use it while it's in my hands. I want to use it to bless your kingdom. I want to make a difference. Because here's the point, the promise that, I want, that God gives us is simply this, that you cannot outgive God. You can. Just try. Honestly, I, I've tried to make it my life's goal. I'm going to try to outgive God. Every day. God, I'm going to try to outgive you. And what I found is He wins every single time. But it's a great pursuit. We serve a God who, He's the giver. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of hope. He wants to bless us today so that we can be a blessing. Live the blessed life. Let me pray for you today before we go.